0: This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and enter code PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 386, being recorded on February 10th, 2016. I'm Ryan
1: Strout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom.
0: I'm Josh Walrath.
2: I'm Alan Malentano.
0: Welcome to the show, Josh. Um, is the 386 your favorite processor?
3: Um, you know, my first real processor was an NEC 8088 knockoff. I think it was called the V10. That was okay, but my 386X was able to play Space Word Ho and a couple other games really nicely. So that was a, <laughs> that was a big upgrade I me.
0: don't think I ever actually had an Intel 386. I had... Either a Cyrix mm-hmm. or an AMD, I, and I'm pretty sure it was Cyrix. I'm pretty sure I had Cyrix 386 parts. Played, uh, this, this. was like when I worked at the.
2: Well, no, it would have been before I actually worked at that uh, at that PC store. But you'd need a 386 to be able to do the Wing Commander install within an hour. It's true. I remember that. Was so that long that, you remember to switch the, the bottleneck? Was the processor it for the did, install? It did a bunch of decompressing stuff mm-hmm. when you ran the installer. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, it took forever. It sounds like some hell
0: of a a compression algorithms for the time. Um, So welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, We uh, record the show on Wednesdays. If you listen to this after the fact, if you listen to this in a recorded video or audio, uh, we record the show on Wednesday nights. Uh, 10 p.m. P- nope, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. That's where all of our live streams happen, as the name would imply. Um, and if you want to come hang out, we've got a chat room. We talk back. We don't want really, to, I guess, talk back. We talk with you guys. We do pre show banter, post show banter. So if you want to come uh, hang out and see what all that's about, you can go to pcper.com slash live. If you need a little gentle reminder, uh, we do have a pcper live mailing list. This old school email mailing list here guys if you go to pcpro.com slash subscribe you get this little page here that asks for your name and your email uh it signs you up for our mailing list uh where we will send you a notification usually like an hour two hours three hours before we actually do a live stream and if we're doing some special event whether it be a racing stream or we have some people in studio to do some uh, some informative live stream discussions uh, we usually send that out a day or a couple days in advance so you can plan accordingly Call in, work sick, whatever it is you need to do uh, to make sure you're there on time. Uh, Our next reminder is for our Patreon. If you are new to the show or maybe you just need a little gentle reminder, we are running a Patreon campaign. That's at patreon.com slash pcper. The idea here is to get people who are fans, people who see value in the content that we do, which... So for some of, some of us is a stretch. I get it. Um, uh, but, uh, if you do, if you go to patreon.com and you want to contribute, uh, it's a monthly recurring, you know, uh, donation essentially of a dollar or three or five or 10 or 20 or 50 or a thousand, whatever you want to do, it's really all up to you. Um, and you can read there about why we want to do it, how we want to maintain independence and in technical media. Um, we have ideas for new shows we want to do that are going to take more time take more editing uh and and so we want to we want to be able to to beef that type of stuff up and and kind of improve on the things that we're already doing we're not going to charge for the podcast uh there's some little perks here like we post um the post show stuff to youtube now um which is which is uh, we've had some people comment on that they really like so it's like a little private video that if you don't get to watch the live stream but you want to see all the stuff we banter about for sometimes five minutes sometimes 25 minutes after the show uh you can get that i think that's it Anybody who is a Patreon contributor for three dollars or more will get that. And just so people understand, I had this uh, revelation this morning. Like some of the odd recurring, sometimes recurring costs about like the quote I had for web development today.
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Give me the highway robbery you had for. Web
0: like development. I love these guys. They did the current design. They've helped me maintain things. But like we're almost talking six figures for what the, to design the website redo everything recode everything rewrite everything in drupal um and so we're not going to do that obviously we're going to pursue other routes to update this the infrastructure that we want to do um but that is the type of thing that people don't really if you write a wordpress blog that kind of is very standardized and cheap and easy like you don't have a lot of those costs so um I'm not saying I want a donation of $100,000 to do the website. If you have it, I mean sure, fine. I'll put your name just, on the you website. You know,
2: pocket change just rolling around.
0: Up top, I will do uh, PC perspective powered by Biohazard right at the top, just powered for by the H- lifetime. H- of I'll the make site.
2: it Biohazard's PC perspective. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, <Biohazards laughs> PCPer.com. Uh, you know, we'll do all that. Uh, if you actually want to, if you, if you want to do that, that's fine. But if not, if you want to do five bucks a month, we would appreciate that, uh, as well. Uh, we have some upcoming events in, um, February. Well, no, in March, at least, um, uh, including this one, the, uh, Jeremy, you wrote this post up. What is going on here on, uh, March 5th?
1: Well, the Fragging Frogs are bringing you another, vlan we're now at an even dozen of these great things which if you've never participated before get your r signed up and if you have you know just how much fun it it really truly is uh the boys lenny and them put in a lot of effort into this reaching out to various people to sponsor this there are prizes but As much as fun as it is to, you know, win a prize or two, the the real fun is hanging out with this crew who are all awesome and playing the games. And it doesn't matter where you're from. We've got crazy Norwegians and Swedes that kick off at two o'clock in the morning their time and don't log off for about 24 (laughs) hours straight. Just show up. Aussies will show up early and leave early or show up late and hang around. But it, it will go on for quite a while. So it'll be March 5th, starting at uh, 10 in the morning, Eastern time. And it ends when eventually we just get so tired we can't kill anymore.
0: Now, interesting, we'll talk about uh, we're actually going to have another event the very next day. Um, as well. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, but it will be a, a busy weekend for PC Perspective with the VLAN. The VLANs are fun, so imagine everybody gets into a um, TeamSpeak server. There's a bunch of different rooms for each of games that are being played. It's it's a whole lot of fun. Um, and if, uh, you're, if you're somebody who's like you play a lot of PC games, but you don't have a group that you want to play with on a regular basis. This is a fantastic way to get introduced to people, uh, or you can just go right into the the forums now at, at PCPer.com and go into the Fragging Frogs, the gaming forum, and talk there. Uh, a great group of people there. So March fifth, Saturday, mark your calendars for that, and also mark your calendars for March th- March sixth, but just put question marks by it for now. Just know that you will have uh, that day fully reserved
1: as well. So let's get into. You will be scarred for life. You will never forget it.
0: That's true. Absolutely the case. Alan is working on all kinds of ideas to make sure that's, that's true. Yep. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about some content here. We'll run through some stuff pretty quick. We posted a review of the Logitech G810. I'm going to lean over to the side over here because I actually have one sitting next to us because we just took it off the table. Um, so
2: this is a keyboard, guys. Look at the back. Have you seen it? No.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I actually do like the back of the keyboard. I'm trying to see how much Same. it shame you comes don't get through.
2: to see. Like they actually put a design back there. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. You,
0: you don't think there's any purpose to this, do? you? Other than it, it might be, it, just, it might
2: actually be reinforced. Like, I don't yeah,
0: know. making it stronger or lighter or cheaper or something. Kind of. It's kind of heavy, right? And that's actually a plus in my book. Yeah. So. Um, the keyboard on my desk is the G910. It's the big uh, uh, Logitech keyboard that has all the G keys on it. It's got like the wrist rest. It's a very gamer-centric gamer design to it. They released the G410 uh, sometime you know, in the fall of last year, which was a 10-keyless version of that variant of it. Uh, but it also was lighter. It had like a plastic backplate instead of a metal backplate internally. So right. it sounded very different. It felt very different. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, this is the 810. It's much, much closer to the 910 in terms of its design and yeah, it uh, looks, build it looks quality. Uh, well, it, it looks different in terms of it looks like a... Like a normal professional ass keyboard, right? Um, Is that a
2: technical term?
0: Yeah, that's what I call it. Right, so <laughs> I don't have to show it on here. It's kind of we've got better pictures on the on the website, obviously. Um, but you, I mean, you can see what the keyboard looks like there, and it it looks like you know as I say in the story, and as they kind of pitch it, it's something that looks just as good sitting in front of like an office PC as it does a gaming PC. Sure. It's more muted in its design, but it has the same uh, Omron switches, uh, Romer G. Uh, switches on there um so they're kind of what would what would be best compare this to like a cherry switch can do you I mean i think i think it's like probably close to like a brown would I, be my guess I don't know. I've never but really it's a very different on It's a, it's a very different feel than i than i than i think other ones have had they don't they don't bottom out like with a sharp sound first of all these do not the g410 does yeah um and that's something that's interesting like so if you look at these keycaps they're they're curved the G910 uh which I have a picture of no I don't actually that's the 410 there uh, on the top and that's the 810 below it the, the these have like kind of your standard concave keycaps whereas the 910 by default ships with these um faceted keycaps um which some people apparently don't like how they feel when you're typing. I love how they feel when you're typing. Um, so I, that's actually what I'm using when I write stories and stuff here on the site. That's um, like a reverse bevel. Yeah, kind of. It's like it's essentially. I mean, it's still concave, but it's just sharp edge. It's just a sharp at ed- Yeah. 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 Um, so this doesn't have that by default. I think more people will like that because of it. Um, it gets rid of some of the you know the wrist rest, some of the flashiness, some of the angles that make gaming keyboards look like gaming keyboards. They also got rid of. You'll notice on the side here, there's no G keys, uh, which were it's you know their brand for the um, like programmable macros macro keys on it. Yeah. Uh, and the G910 actually has the ability to, like, let you record a macro in hardware without having to go through their software. There's, like, a record button. You hit right. your thing and, right. you know, save it to whatever you want. Um, they, they make up for that on this by, in software, once you install the Logitech gaming software, you can actually um, reprogram the entirety of the function row, the F keys. Hmm. Right? Okay. And you can have it profile based too. So, meaning, when I start this game, load this profile. Oh, that's a good idea. So, you know, like when you start up EVE Online, it'll reprogram all the F keys or something if you wanted it to. I'm just saying.
4: Last time I played that game was the test display here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you ever actually need F12? That's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, and so, you know, you, and you, don't have, you don't have to program all of them, obviously. You want to keep F4 so you can close out that game real quick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Do whatever yeah. you want to do. So that's, that's kind of nice. Uh, the, it has media functionality. It's got pause, play, stop, next. Uh, the volume wheel has a nice weight and feel to it. Um, th- the buttons on it are like uh, what would you even call those types of buttons that sound like this? Uh, they sound like that's that's the media key buttons. They they're they're fine. They work fine, but they're it's just a very stark contrast compared to the rest of the keyboard. Um, so there's, there's that on there. Uh, what else is it? The bottom of it looks fine. It's got, it's got five big rubber feet on it as well. Um, that if you lay it flat, it's not going to move around. And then it has two different height adjustments for the keyboard stand. Um, there's a picture, a a graphic of the Romer G keys. Uh, and it is RGB as well. Of course The, the, I guess I didn't even really say the whole name of this, right? This is the, um, Orion Spectrum RGB mechanical keyboard. So the RGB obviously means that you can change the key colors to whatever you want uh, in software, uh, just the way you, you did with the G910 or the G410. Uh, you can sync it with your mouse if you have a Logitech mouse, sync it with your headset, all that type of stuff. You can do different patterns and you can again you can set these key colors based on profiles as well. Hmm. So, you know, if certain games you want to play it with just WASD-enabled. Right. And everything else black. So when you look down, you know exactly what you're looking for, those types of things. Uh, and then here it shows some of the reprogramming of the function keys. Uh, it is not a cheap keyboard. It's $159. Um, but in terms of like mechanical keyboards, I don't, that's not really super high. No, it's not. Is it? it's, it's kind of like average. in there. Yeah. Right. Um, now, the only problem I have with the pricing is that the G910 is like on sale currently for like 139 <laughs> so the higher end keyboard with more functionality. Again, it is very different styling, so it's going to appeal to a different person, is my guess. Uh, it's actually less expensive than the A10. So either I expect the A10 to come down as well. Or the 910 will go back up after whatever whatever sale they're running uh, on it currently. I like this keyboard a whole lot. I don't like it enough to replace my 910, uh, but I'll probably make this keyboard the gaming key- the keyboard on the gaming test rig from now on, just as, as a secondary machine. Um, it does. It is currently. If you buy this keyboard, it comes with a copy of Tom Clancy's The Division as well. <laughs> that's the first time
4: I've seen a keyboard game. Actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's a keyboard pack-in game. Um, that's, hmm. that's, I mean, that's a solid $60 game. It's not out yet. The, be- the last beta just ended. I think it comes out like this month? Is it February? I think it's March. might be March. Um, everybody, Not everybody, but most people I've seen uh, on, on reviews of the beta have all been very positive on it. I didn't get a chance to play it. Um, but it's apparently supposed to be like destiny, but good. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also on the PC. So, uh, check that out. If you check out the review, if you want some more thoughts <clears throat> on that. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I say in the article, keyboards, much like mice are very much preference based, like things. It's hard to have a, um, like a, like a very agnostic review of it. Like either you like how it feels or you don't. So, Yeah. Uh, Check that out. G810 on that. Let's talk with Josh real quick about Arm using... There's a lot of letters in here, Josh. Arm leverages UMC's
3: latest 28 HPCU for budget SOCs. Well, you know, we're just in time for my stream to start breaking up. So prepare yourself. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, Arm asked me last week to uh, have a little talk with him. And I thought, well, is this going to be kind of um a... not a big deal is it is it going to be some little piece of news that most people will not care about and and at first i they they sent me a little thing that says arm utilizes umc 28 nanometer and i thought great because (laughs) it's not like we haven't had 28 nanometer from multiple uh multiple vendors for about four four and a half five years and um what the big deal here well it turns out it's it's a little bit more of a big deal than we thought. Um, first of all, this is a second generation 28 nanometer part <clears throat> from UMC, and it's significantly better in terms of switching performance and power consumption than their you know first generation. And uh it's very similar to uh TSMC's third generation of twenty-eight nanometer that, that um I think AMD has been well Indeed. But others have been utilizing for uh, you know lower power, higher performance, 28 nanometer parts. With the times between process nodes becoming much, much longer and greater, it just is logical that some of these older processes are going to find new legs. They're going to they're optimize for them. They're going to have uh, better support in EDA software so that their place and route is going to be more efficient. And there are other things that that Arm has done when addressing UMC's second generation twenty eight nanometer, you know, HK metal gate, and um, they have different strain and stress components that they had just put into this one, and so it's it is a significant jump up for these. Now Arm has offered the A fifty three and the A seven processors on this process, and they have backed it up with their POP program. I don't know if if you guys remember POP, but... I do. Essentially, it is a way for ARM to help its customers cut time to market by essentially having a very um, strong program internally to ARM where you could could pick and choose the components that you want in. They do a lot of the basic layout, and you can come out with a, a pretty decent part just during that time, and it cuts down development time five to six months, which when you're dealing with low-power SOCs that are going to be powering cell phones, that's a lot of time. And so I think uh, they came out and said it's like uh, 200 milliwatts per core for 1.7 to 2.0 gigahertz, and that's just right off the bat after kind of, you know, they throw, throw all the pieces into the into the hole and they stir that up and ARM spits this back out, this this basic design in RTL. And then they can spend several months in hardening that design to more adequately hit their bins and yields and and um and you know speeds and, and, and voltages for these products for you know whatever they're gonna do. And when you combine all these things together and plus, what I thought was kind of interesting is some of the design rules that they used for 14 and 16 nanometer FinFET, they were able to port those back to 28 nanometers. So even though they're not utilizing 3D structures in in FinFET, and they don't have you know like fully depleted channels and and all those goodies, the actual layout and some of the other layout characteristics that that do not only just dice size and 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 spacing, but also uh signaling speed and 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 power have been optimized on twenty nanometers so when you've got these lower end parts of the a fifty three and the a seven when you apply those to this h p c u uh process from u m c you're getting a couple of advantages here one i mean it's it's going to be inexpensive s o c bless you i think Yes, it's going to be a very inexpensive SOC because the one thing about twenty eight, everybody's got it, and there's a lot of line space out there, and they want to sell it, and they're going to be competitive because they want to keep those fabs busy and wafers rolling through. So it's very inexpensive. Um, they're going to get better power speed characteristics. They're going to get fast design times because of if they if if these decide to use utilize the the pop instead of just um, uh, licensing the designs and doing all the work in house, which is Pretty hard, and you've got to have some serious engineering talent to uh, to do that. Um, but in the end, the consumer really takes advantage of it because they're going to have budget and mid-range phones based on these these SoCs that are very inexpensive, have longer battery life, have pretty good performance, and for a price point that is really affordable for pretty much everybody. So it's a bigger deal than what you would initially expect because when going into it and I read it and it's like arm is going to 28 nanometer with umc I thought wow that's it's groundbreaking but once they actually started talking about some of the advantages and some of the things that I hadn't really thought about uh it's a it's a good good product and a good fit I had asked them also um so why would you go with twenty-eight nanometer rather than say Global Foundries 22 nanometer FDX, which is their their FDSOI, a well, fully depleted SOI product, which is still planar, so it's less expensive than doing FinFat. Well, the problem there is only one guy right now has that Global Foundries. So we don't know how many waiver starts a week huh. they're doing through there. It's still a new process, they're still working through it. Uh, So, you know, price per good chip is going to be significantly higher, even though the advantages of uh, the planar FDSOI is, because of the design, there's, I think it's called back bias, that essentially the standby energy power is a lot lower, and the leak, a lot lower, but they don't sacrifice any of the transistor switching speed uh, in 22FDX. So you can have these really high-speed parts, but they can go into these low, low low-power states, and there's just not a whole lot of leakage there. So for like wearables and things that will last all day in in low-power modes, this is a fantastic process. But again, we don't know how availability is. We haven't heard much about prices. And you've got to adjust design rules and wait for the EDA software to adjust to this new uh, process node from, from Global Foundry. So when you start looking at those things, it's, it makes a lot more sense to go back to 28 nanometer. And plus, these are small SoCs anyway. So you're going to get tons of them in, a wafer. And another thing is, is if you were to take these designs down to 14 nanometer, you've got to make these massive multi... Core eight and sixteen core A7s to get enough usable die space to have all the pads necessary to to fit that die to a substrate, and then you know make that usable. It just is these these CPU designs are just so tiny that uh, it's it's not appropriate for the fourteen and sixteen nanometer. So it's kind of interesting. Um, it's going to turn out to be you know better mid range and budget phones that will match the higher end of yet uh, here and uh, do it for a really nice price cool I, yeah I, was I mean, that just like verbal diarrhea coming no out of my no mouth the I, I happen to minutes?
0: have uh one of my computers here crashing on me while at the end of that discussion so i don't know if i'll be able to bring up web pages anymore hey that's awesome computer hey computer So what what did you say the timeline for like seeing some of these actual products? That's my my only kind of drawback to talking with Armor about these types of things is they're usually talking so far into the future um, that I feel like even you know for our understanding it's important, but even like talking about it to the public is almost I don't know questionably. Yeah, no,
3: HPCU is available now. The, The the UMC process technology it's it's available in full production now. It's their second generation. They I mean, they always stay behind TSMC, but it's kind of cheaper to do that. So TSMC and other guys, they do a lot of the heavy lifting and the cutting edge. And a year later, UMC comes out with process technology that's, let's just say offhand, 30% cheaper. And it offers the same performance. Sure, it's later in the market, but they didn't have to pony up nearly as much money um, in R&D to get some of those fruits of the labor. Because they all use the same tool, guys. That uh, that power you know the machines in, in the lines, and so you know TSMC does the research, does the budget, the tool guys work with them, and they come out with their products. They integrate that in TSMC's fabs, and then the tool guys are like, "So anybody else out there want to buy some stuff? UMCs, coming on, on back? Sure. What kind of deal can you give me?" And that's where they make their money. They're not right. cutting edge, but they have good enough and they, they, they catch the slack and and typically uh, they don't have to go through as many yield and bin issues as, as cutting edge stuff does. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's as far as I know uh, 28 HPCU is available now and uh, you could see products in between 9 and 12 months from now utilizing this hmm. depending on if they use pop and if they do a whole lot of hardening on their end and who knows. But yeah, it, it's Maybe nine months from months from now, at minimum, we'll see a new generation of very inexpensive far smartphones being powered by this.
0: All right, up next, let's uh, quickly go over. Uh, Lee posted a review of the EVGA seven hundred fifty watt GQ power supply, which I imagine is very well dressed. Yeah, right. Probably. It knows how to pose. What do you think? Does that does that look like? Uh, Ooh, yeah, okay. uh, very svelte. The 750 GQ, <laughs> great quality, great value. I don't know if that's really a tagline for the GQ magazine. I don't think that really matches up uh, that well. Uh, but this is like, guys, if you didn't know it, EVGA is pretty serious about making power supplies. Like they make a lot of power supplies, uh, and a lot. And I'll make a comment on it at the at the end here. Um, but this shows you uh, – this, actually, this right here is a list of all of the 700 to 750-watt power supplies that EVGA currently sells on the market. So look at that list here. Uh, the Supernova, Supernova G2, Supernova P2, Super, uh, the 750GQ, the G1, the B2, the next 750B, and the 700B Bronze.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot of and power And I don't think supplies. any of these are over 18 months old.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like any of these are legacy devices in any in really in any real capacity. Um, but nevertheless, this one is an eighty plus gold model, uh, rated at uh, what do we got here? Sixty two point four amps on the twelve volt line. So pretty modest. In the grand scheme of, uh, of of the power supplies that we look at here, seven hundred and fifty watts kind of on the low side, honestly, for power supplies that people are actually wanting to send out for review. They like to send out more of the flagship. Yeah, they do make that line models. all the way up to uh, to a thousand hundred. Yeah, that's
2: true.
4: To sixteen hundred. EBJ makes the sixteen hundred.
2: Oh. Not
0: in that line. Not oh, in, line in yeah like 3, the GQ series. Yeah. Um, so this is not a fully modular. It's partially modular. You can see. Um, uh, let's go to the next page where you can see a picture of the back here. Um, do So,
2: but everything except for the power connector?
0: Yeah, so everything like except that. your ATX and the 8 pin okay. power is uh, is on there. I like that. I'm a little disappointed in EVGA for calling them VGA1, 2, 3, and 4, even though their name is EVGA.
1: What do you want them to call? Know, it? GPU? Yeah, but um. then you could think any GPU could plug in, and not just an EVGA GPU. <laughs>
3: not just <laughs> PCIe. One.
0: If they, yeah, yeah, PCIe would be better than VGA as Ox. well. V- VG, like this, that that printing on there makes it feel like whoever actually made the power supply for them, that's what they put on there by default, and they like didn't change it or something.
1: like Well, that. we got a whole bunch of this silk screening that says
0: EVGA. If you just take the E off it, <laughs> that's right. Done. Perfect. Also, also it says Perif One, and it's P E R I F. Yeah, uh, which is not how peripheral is no. spelled. But just so you know, it's on there. Uh, but still, so this is like I said, this is one of the lower cost uh, units or one of the lower cost lines, I guess. So you're not going to get the really long cable designs uh, or infrastructures there. I still like looking at the inside of power supplies. So look at the size of that cap.
3: That's pretty. We like big, big caps. We cannot lie. Yeah.
0: Look at that coil. Yeah, that's show me nice the coil. wrapping on that
3: coil. If you know what I'm saying. I, well, I would, but. No. Thanks.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, uh, good, I mean, if you're in the market, I think 750 watts is a good power supply for somebody who is buying, like, one high-end GPU and is maybe possibly considering two down the road. Yeah. Um, you could probably get away with the 650 as well, but 750 is kind of, like, a good safe spot for overclocking, multi-GPU, whatever you want to do. Um, this particular unit is uh, as low as 79.99 on Newegg, actually. Wow. As of February, so it's actually fairly low cost. Um, it did get a gold award here that you can see from uh, from Lee. It is the strength, like the, a lot of strengths on this excellent assortment, of, excellent assortment of modular cables, eighty plus gold certified, ninety two percent efficiency, clean DC outputs, very good voltage regula- reg- regulation, plus minus two percent on the three primary outputs. The weakness is like there are a, <laughs> there are a lot of seven hundred and fifty watt power supplies to choose from. Yep. Uh, and I would imagine pretty much all of them will function perfectly fine for the use cases that you will have for your power supplies. So, uh, but if you're interested in that in a, a low-cost 750 watt power supply, check that out. That's the EVGA 750 watt 750 GQ power supply. That name should be one easy enough to remember. Uh, Sebastian also posted a review this week. Uh, I think actually just today of the Fantex Enthu Evolve ITX enclosure, and this looks pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie so the evolve uh atx like the, there's a there's a big version of this case this is the mini itx variant of it very similar design obviously um when we asked which one to send us we said well obviously red and black is popular with motherboard designs and stuff so let's go with that so this is what the inside of that case looks like
2: that's a good looking that's case. pretty cool yeah. I, I I'm a Not fan. reminiscent of, of a tool case at all. That would go well with like a ramp, <laughs> that would go well with like a rampage. Well, yeah, motherboard. Well, it's ITX. So, yeah it's mini itx so is there a rampage equivalent that's in uh, i don't think
4: do they make ITX? they
0: do ma- make an ROG ITX. i forget what the i forget what the, there the was moniker for that, is. the more you look at recently. And it would look it would look really good in here yeah i even like like the 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 back plates are red where the gpus go the nice GPUs. Oh, right now the yeah. problem is you remove both of those to install <laughs> any any modern graphics card uh but it's still nice uh to see them nonetheless um and you get a, a pretty sizable window on the front of it as well. Uh, the uh, under-air filter is rear-removable. Uh, it's a short little stubby guy, but uh, it could, it's going to get the job done. I think that looks great. I love the red painted inside on
4: this design. Oh, man, and you put some white LEDs in there instead of so using like, red LEDs and you make it pop. Yeah,
0: I, I, think, I think you could do that. I think you can make this look really, really nice uh, with that paint job in there. And there's still a lot of functionality in here. You still have all your all of your cable routing grounds. You've got support for water cooling in, in multiple areas. You can see how much space you have up at the top. Um, uh, and then there's a huge 200 millimeter intake fan at the front of the case as well, which is nice. Um, front panel is removable. Obviously, a filter snap out pot. Look how big that fan is. Oh on yeah, the front of that case. That's
2: uh, there that's, was a there was a that size on the top of the old like antec cases yeah yeah it blew out yes the top of the back it's probably louder Those than are, how no there's are. Are like super quiet because oh, really? yeah remember. spin them super slowly yeah because yeah, even at the high true. speed it moved just a lot of air and didn't have to spin that quickly there's the please back. Use water cooling you
1: may find the case creeps around overnight at heavy load <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh this is the back of it so again
0: you still get that red coloring on it it's covered by a a panel that doesn't have a window, so it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, but there you go. So there's your Mini-ITX board, not a red and, and, and black design necessarily. Well, it's It's got some red and black on it. This is the EVGA uh, case in that, in that instance. Uh, I like this little door here to enable a full-length gpu oh. huh. that's so you install it and then you close that and you get the branding and kind of logo on it you see with the hard drive mounts you can see through <laughs> it into that bay as well um Luckily, I, he had a wd red handy yeah right yeah look at that yeah yeah you can make everything match inside this. Okay. Uh, it comes with um, those zip ties kind of pre-installed. Or not zip ties, those Velcro straps pre-installed, mm-hmm. which are actually really nice. Um, you don't have to worry about finding the zip ties or, uh, you know, oh, I forgot to – this happens to me all the time. I will, I will zip tie cables on the back of a case and then forget one of the power cables or need to move it. And, and then, to like, either cut, I cut it yep. and you get another one, and it's, it's a pain in the butt. So having these, these Velcro pieces – uh look at that lovely hand model in that picture there. You like that? Ooh. Yeah. You like that. Uh yep. Toolless hard drive mounting, all that good stuff. Uh I, this is one of my favorite parts about this. You see this? This is a slide-out mount oh, for man. the fans, the the like water cooling at the top. Like if you have a, a self-contained water cooler for your CPU, right? This slides out on rails. Okay? You mount it to that so you don't have to like go through the top of the case and you just you slide the whole thing you just in. slide the whole thing in like with the
2: motherboard even maybe uh it depends on how long the tubes are right. on it for that well what i mean is you can like put the motherboard in set it in and slide that in at yeah. the same time yeah
0: and the full-size version of this has that case as well which is why i think uh i'm using this the large version of this case on uh the twit um VR system build that we're they're working on. Um so he he went through the tests on this. You can see what the performance is like. Um it, it's 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 a good case. And the best part, look at that, look at that completed build, right? So you can see how like the Fantex logo and the door kind of covers up the back of the GPU. Uh, that's pretty really tight. nice. Yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty neat looking um for a total system build on that machine. Faux show. And the cost is insane. Yeah, what's it what is it? Sixty five bucks. Sixty five. Right? Yeah, sixty five. Yeah. I think it was at Newegg, uh sixty nine yeah. at Amazon. Um,
1: that's real cheap. It's insane.
0: Yeah. That's real cheap. Yep, there it is. Good fit and finish.
4: Only one left, you better order it now.
1: Oh ah, ah, ah. There's more on the way. There's more on the way. Okay, all right, thank you. I appreciate that. Um,
0: so that is the uh Inthu Fantex P H A N T E K S just so everybody knows who's listening on the audio version. Inthu E N T H O O. It's a weird spelling. Evolve E V
4: E-V-O-L-V. O L V. It's a weird spelling. ITX. They got one thing right. <laughs> that, that at least makes sense.
0: But the one thing they got X right is just an acronym, right? It's like it just, it's not a word. So B Y E Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, now we're going to take a quick break to thank uh, this week's podcast sponsor. This would be our friends at Casper. Uh, We are excited to welcome them back to the show. It's been a while. Uh, maybe a couple of months or so before we get to talk about sleeping, which is one of my favorite things I miss doing. Mm. Um, And so I'm very excited about mattresses now. (laughs) Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the cost. They are revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers, going to stores, all that garbage, showrooms, uh, passing that savings directly to the consumer. The benefits of Casper is that it is a mattress that is obsessively engineered at a fair price. It uses two technologies, latex and memory foam, uh, for better nights and brighter days. Now, if here, we haven't really had bright days. We've had mostly overcast yeah. days, uh, but that's not really the mattress's fault, as far as I can tell, right? It's just crappy weather, do a those, lot of snow.
2: Do those mattresses get, like cold uh like, not do you notice that it's cold when no you it? because they're dense
0: right so like there's not like a bunch of space in them with with coils and springs and well, stuff Well, sure
2: sure but i mean like the ones that are nothing but foam tend to be cold no no like so yours has like latex layer on top like, yeah i have yeah, a memory yeah, foam yeah. mattress but it's just solid memory foam yeah and that, no i, I no. it's
0: like temperature wise it's been i haven't had any issues and it's also that was one of the worries about getting one because we'd never had a mattress like this before is that it would get too hot during yeah. the summer, right? Right. And that definitely hasn't been the case either. So, um, let, my wife and I used one of these mattresses. We went through the process of the unboxing. Um, it is very comfortable. It is uh, uh, something that takes. If you've only been on a normal like spring mattress, mm-hmm. it will feel very odd the first oh, yeah. couple of times you sleep on it. Uh, but and that is why Casper is gracious enough to give you a hundred days to use this mattress for free mm-hmm. if you don't like it you can send it back right like that's that's a pretty good return policy and it's better than sleeping or trying to pretend to sleep on a mattress in a showroom for three, 30 seconds at a time and, and actually figuring out if, if it's a, if a worthwhile investment for you uh, you buy it online it's risk-free uh, like i said a 100 day uh, period uh, you don't have to lie down in the showroom to do it and apparently statistically lying on a bed in a showroom has no correlation to whether or not it's the right bed for you i i don't I don't know if that's. I don't know how to back that up statistically. It's never worked. If you successfully, get caught, you don't
1: get to spend the night.
0: I feel. Yeah, I feel like they should send me the statistics so that I can tell people about that next month about it. Um, so all Casper mattresses are made in the USA, which is obviously a, a big positive as well. So get oh, a Casper mattress. How, how
2: do you return the mattress? Um,
0: they come and pick it up. Oh. Right? They, they send a courier out to you so you don't have to stuff it back in the box that it came in. <laughs> which is it back in the bag. Right? You don't have to, like, do the vacuum suck thing to get it back into the bag that it was in because you actually cut the bag open. Mm-hmm. So that would be a very difficult process. And they don't ask you to roll it and duct tape it or anything. All um, right. So they send a courier to come take it from you. Right? And mm-hmm. then I think what they do is they either recycle it or donate it because they're not going to. Resell a mattress that's been used. Sure. So, um, you can get a Casper mattress for 500 bucks for a twin, 950 bucks for a king size. Uh, and if you compare that to industry averages, that is an amazing price point. You can save an additional $50 as one of our audience members by going to casper.com slash PCPer and use the promo code PCPer. So that's casper.com slash PCPer and then use promo code PCPer. And we thank Casper for their support of this amazing PC Perspective podcast that you guys listen to every week. Most every week.
4: So, what if you have a latex allergy? It's artificial latex. It's not natural latex. Yeah. Don't lick the
1: mattress.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, whatever you got to do, you got to do, right? You know what I mean? Uh, So, we thank them for their support. Let's move on to news items of the week. As Rock, taking away your overclocks.
4: Really? If you weren't supposed to have them
0: yeah um we didn't talk about this last week did we no did you check the notes okay we talked about
2: the this must have it, been posted we on we talked about the opposite of it like yeah. a couple weeks ago
0: yeah so jeremy what happened here this was a reversion of the cool feature that they added to boards recently
1: yeah they, they take with the one hand and right after they gave <laughs> it with the first Smack one Smacketh with the other so this was a lovely little feature and hey you, you still have the option to not upgrade. Uh, Gigabyte still has not backed up on theirs, as far as I know. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, if you're looking at uh, that uh, little upgrade for your ASRock motherboard, you're not going to be able to overclock your non-K B-clock anymore. So On the one hand... Yeah, go ahead. That sucks because yeah. it's, it's always nice to get that extra little bit out of your money. On the other hand, it's probably a good idea because there's a, probably a damn good reason Intel didn't make that a K processor.
0: Yes. So what, what I find um, interesting about this is I wonder... <laughs> so Intel kind of must have like decided to turn a blind eye for a small portion of time. Once vendors started to release a BIOS that allows people to overclock their non-K-series parts. But didn't other vendors follow suit?: They did. There are others that did it. And as of now, this is the only company that has gone back. Right. Now you don't
2: have to update your firmware. That's true. Too. You don't have to update your UFI. Hopefully, you can find the older version.
0: Uh, well, hopefully people, you saved it to a thumb drive. Well, just or some people like might so have.
2: Somebody's ordered, hosting
0: it. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure if you look you know,
2: on forums, people will have uh, uh, these BIOSes available. Because, you know, people would do system builds based around the capability of mm-hmm. overclocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're by that part because you know you can overclock it now.
1: And, and then they torch the motherboard and they try and do an RMA on it and wonder, you know, why it is that the RMA gets declined because,
2: well you got this BIOS Yeah, I don't think your
0: warranty it. requires you to be in the latest firmware, well, though, well, right? But
2: along yeah. those lines, motherboard torches itself for whatever reason. You rma made. it comes back with a, a firmware and now that you can't, can't overclock the, yeah, the parts true. that yeah. you were previously that's overclocking. True. That would suck. Um, you know, and, and
0: the, the, like I said, you can still get the old BIOS for it. The risk really is... Uh, are they going to put some new features or some security or some patch or some stability fix in another release down the road that then won't have it? And like yeah. w- now you have to start making that trade-off uh, about those two capabilities. And that sucks. Uh, and I-, I would assume if Azrock is doing this, that we would see the same kind of backpedaling from the other vendors as well, from
2: Gigabyte. Did MSI do it? I think too. EVGA did it. EVGA did it. I mean, w- with something like this, though, there's enough of an underground already that edits BIOSes and makes custom ones that yeah, they could that just figure like out what part idea. of it. idea. Well, but now there's an easy thing to make a diff off of, right? The only changes is microcode and that feature change, so people can figure out where the microcode chunk so. is in the BIOS. So they just figure out where they rem- where they patched their tool to make it so that. Their BIOS, you know, menus, so you couldn't overclock, and they could just put that right back in, like future BIOSes.
4: Viewers, don't go flashing random BIOSes from the internet to your motherboard. Yeah, that's
2: never. Goes it's like badly. a thing that a lot of people do. Yeah. Oh, it's also a
4: thing that could totally brick your motherboard. Sure. Yeah. Could.
2: <laughs> uh, so. Or do
4: worse things.
0: Yeah. Or that. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind that like uh, uh, <laughs> a BIOS with bad intentions can do a lot of things oh, to sure. your, like it basically tells the processor how to process yeah right at the beginning of its startup right so it could be like oh and also send all of your money to china that has been in biosis uh, like there has been malware <laughs> in viruses i think i think that's how you do it i think you just write that in and also send all of your money to me and that's i think the processor figures it out right and then sends all the money to that person i, I think it's i think that's all the complicated it has to be
3: okay it automatically signs you up for a Patreon. <laughs>
4: hmm, mm. I, ha- mm. uh, I guess i have another edit in the podcast to make you know uh
0: it's interesting because uh when i ran k7m.com and atlanta.com one of my primary functions was hosting <laughs> bios files
1: we even used to have a guy who would uh do hack biosis. Well, yeah of the good kind yes not the bad kind
0: right not the chinese not not the chinese or north korean kind yeah
1: you fool <laughs> you fool
0: we uh, and you know do you know why we hosted those bios files because the downloads from Asus.com and Epox.com were so slow and unreliable <laughs> that the T1 connection at the business I worked at was a faster way for people to download.
4: It, it's only been until like the past six or seven years that they've been decent Yeah, downloads. that's that's true. That's
0: true. Uh, other news story. I um, We actually talked about this last week. The Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider performance that I posted. I actually had an update where um, on – February 5th, they patched the game with a totally new revision that added a bunch of new capabilities in terms of graphical changes. Uh, There's actually different options. Where did it go? Uh, different options in the menu. They added specular reflection quality to enhance resolution and reduce aliasing of specular reflections at some performance cost. They improved HBAO plus quality. They improved SLI performance. They uh, fixed SLI glitches. They did performance optimizations for situations where Razer Chroma features are enabled. Um, and they also, this one was interesting in the bottom. They warned. They enabled a warning message for users turning textures to very high or enabling SSAA to indicate high-end hardware is required. Basically, comes up and says, "Hey, you need a lot of." memory for this to work uh so maybe you want to be careful about enabling And they did not do that when we were running these benchmarks for the first time right so I- interesting little changes there and it, like there's actually additional options in the options menu uh both before you start up the game and after you start up the game uh so basically all the results we did beforehand were kind of like as it turns out they're not useless but uh uh questionable at that point right so we had to test with uh with a new version of the patch and we also used the 16.1.1 driver from amd as opposed to just the 16.1 yeah so there was a hot fix hot fix hot fix uh, to the hot Hotfix hot fix to the hot fix mm-hmm. on the amd driver side so we wanted to include that we had some readers that, com- that were concerned about maybe that improving performance uh, and then we added in some multi-gpu uh, i wanted to do two fury x's versus two 980 ti's but I didn't have two Fury X's, so I just stepped back one to the Nano. The next one we had two of, essentially, is what we did. So two R9 Nanos versus two 980 980 Ti's. They're not directly comparable GPU to GPU, but we wanted to see what the scaling was like uh, in that case. So one thing to note here, um, the black line is the uh, R9 Nano uh, tested in the original release of Rise of the Tomb Raider, and the orange line is the same game, uh, with the new revision of the game, the new version of the game and the new driver, and you can see there are noticeably less stutters in the game now with this. So there are some fixes. There have been improvements, whether it be from uh, the, the Square Enix. Is that who makes Tomb Raider? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, developers or uh, the driver or combination thereof. So the AMD did get some some bumps there, even though it didn't change their frame rate really at all. It improved kind of the stutteriness of, uh, of the game. Both at twenty five sixty and four uh, K. Now we look at multi GPU uh, and it is SLI outperforms Crossfire, uh, and we'll just we'll just say it like that, right? Uh, both uh, this is with the newest versions of the driver, the newest versions of the game, um, and you can see the uh, what we got here. The black line is a single Radeon card. The orange line is Crossfire, and in the, I'd say the first half plus of the benchmark run, it's pretty smooth, pretty consistent. You get a great scaling rate, uh, but the second half of it, where it's a little bit more intense of a section of the game, you get uh, some spikes and the the scaling rate kind of decreases uh, a little bit there. Meanwhile, the pink line to green line is more consistent. There's a little bit less scaling, uh, but it is uh, quite a bit less uh, variant in terms of its in terms of its frame times at 4K. You can see the orange line there of CrossFire is a little bit even I would say even more variant than it was before. Um, whereas the green line of the 980 Ti's and SLI is uh, much more consistent uh, uh, than uh, than the CrossFire results. So um, the, the takeaway from this update is basically for single GPU the. Radeon, uh, Fury, Nano, Fury X kind of stutter hitching thing seems to be fixed or mostly fixed or a lot fixed compared uh, to the original release, which is good. uh, The downside uh, for them is that in terms of multi-GPU, it still looks like uh, the SLI configuration is better, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure that before the February 5th update, SLI had like significant amounts of issues, and AMD was the only one that even really scaled at all. Uh, but as I came into it, like that day to test it, all these updates were released, uh, and so that's just the way—it's just the way it works sometimes. So if you're interested in seeing those, just go to uh, that Rise of the Tomb Raider updated performance article, and then go to the last page, and you can see uh, the changes there. And this is why keeping track of games and benchmarks and drivers and game versions is so complex, because it changes like. I turned on steam to test crossfire I had no idea you know that there was a patch that day that updated everything and kind of invalidated a lot of uh, old testing and results so. well maybe we'll make that easier here soon hopefully hopefully uh okay let's talk about this unreal editing for unreal engine 4 in vr um, that was cool stuff man yeah jeremy did you see this what did you think about how this all
1: went Right, it's awesome. Now you can program just like Tony Stark and Iron Man. That- you're just sitting there waving your hands around, bring this in, take this away. It, it it just works exactly like in the movies, or in this case, not so much.
3: But really, it looks like he's dancing. He's a dancer. My name's Mike <laughs> Fricke, and I'm a dancer.
1: So that's now, a, that's when a weird you're off doing. in
3: the
1: at work, you're not compiling. You're you're, you're redoing assets, I see. but you watch and the laser. Grab it, twist it, pull <laughs> it, bop it, put it down. It's are they're, they're using an HTC
0: Vive with yeah. the two Vive controllers to Clone edit it, to edit it. the game, right? And 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 what's important here is like when they when they um, like select an item. Right, all of the controls that you're seeing are the controls that are normally there in the editor, but you just have a different way of interfacing with them. Um, and like the he's showing there in the video, the yeah, kind the of menus. the palettes of colors and then objects and shaders and stuff that you can apply. That is the same thing that would exist in the editor in two D as well. Um, but you just like select them, apply them, you're you're be able to move things around in a totally different way. So you're editing the game in three dimensional space in a VR headset, right? Now there's still some complication here, like how does he move
1: to the next section, right, to to develop and work, but absolutely there's limitations, but at the same time when you're doing this on a two D screen. And you're trying to design a level. You then spend a lot of time moving around. Did I get this exactly in the spot where I wanted it to be? With the Vive or with the Oculus, if you do it through that way, you're looking directly at the scene that, uh, you know, in 2D is going to be represented as people are moving around or as people pick up uh, more VR goggles are going to be looking at directly. So it, it sort of takes away that, okay, I've done my creativity. Did I get it right? to okay that pit, that's perfect on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing and the review sort of happens towards the end where it's like well okay i could tweak this and that and the other thing but intuitively for artistic design it makes like ridiculous sense and i'm kind of jealous because i remember screwing around with the original unreal engine and that was nowhere near that much fun Okay, I'm gonna pull eight source here. Okay, run to the level that, I put it behind the wall, didn't Do I? Do you
0: guys think this is gonna be like really tiring? Do you think like <laughs> it looks like it? <laughs> then, like, uh, it's like standing desk but like all day and then also moving your arms around.
2: It's like random flailing desk. Well, wait, can I mean you can use this while you're sitting. Right?
0: Uh you can, but
2: the whole point is I mean you could. But the point it, is to be able to like turn around.
0: Yeah.
4: Do things, move so things you sit a on a bar stool.
0: You can sit on a bar <laughs> yeah, stool. That is sound I go
4: get sick.
1: That's, that's true. Like devs that. will find a way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> They'll do something.
0: It's pretty cool. Uh, they're going to show this at GDC uh, in March. So I, I, th- I think that's pretty cool. It reminds me a lot of, uh, Ken, what was the name of that art demo I did? Pixel something from yeah, Google. There was a Vive demo from Google called Pixel something.
4: Something, what the hell was it? It's some weird name.
0: Yeah. But it was like basically like, hey, be an artist and paint and use these colors and palettes and different brushes and, and designs and you're painting in 3D space. It was really, really cool as somebody who has no artistic capability at
1: all. It was still oh, really, reminds really cool. me of the Disney artists that were doing that.
0: Yes. We're they had a contest for that, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So um, – so that is uh, Unreal uh, Editing and Unreal and Unreal 4. Oh, quick shout-out to – we had two new uh, Patreon pledges since we've been on so far. Sweet. Uh, Ron upped his pledge from 3 to 5 bucks. Ron uh, Wagner, thanks for that. And then this guy, new pledge, Tom Swaggerty. I just wanted to say he has probably the coolest last name uh, that I've, I've heard in a while. Swagger- I wonder if he has uh, swelt. Uh, no, he's just got swag. Okay. Right? That's – that's it. But anyway, thank you guys for that. I just I just saw those emails coming. Out. I thought it was funny. I also wanted to point it out. Uh, other news: We have uh, an eight like we have another keyboard. This one's from ASUS. If you want to see the? This is not a professional ass keyboard. No, don't show it. Keyboard. This, show this it. is the exact opposite of the keyboard we showed earlier. So it's not professional ass.
1: This no, is. it's just. This there's is the exact, ass in there somewhere. That is weird looking.
0: So it is a gamer ass gamer keyboard, as you might say. Okay. Right. This is the ROG Horus GK2000 Mechanical Keyboard uh, uh, Cherry MX Red Switches under ABS keycaps. Hey, I know what that is now. Um,
4: you didn't know what ABS was before?
0: Well, Now I know like, what the properties of that plastic are <laughs> in particular now. Standard 104 keyboard layout, uh, five macro keys to the left, wheels for volume and backlight uh, on the right. I do like the uh, adjustable backlight. Like, There's a, an analog wheel for backlight brightness as opposed to like you know three steps or on off or something like that that's kind of a nice touch yeah it features a thousand hertz polling rate on a keyboard okay <laughs> well, that <laughs> seems know. largely unnecessary i don't know how fast you type but uh i don't type a thousand times a second i mean so your key presses
4: you will don't be type within... six thousand words just sixty thousand words a second is that I what mean, that, that a is minute? it'll be six thousand m- words a minute um, uh, oh within yeah! A, within a right. millisecond, okay. well, sixty thousand characters a minute, I guess.
0: Uh, it has some other cool features. It has two USB 2.0 port hub, 3.5 millimeter audio pass through. Um,
4: That's an interesting idea.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. I like the idea of having things on your desk that are like make the cable runs shorter to your face, your head, your arms, whatever it is you're attaching to. Okay. Right. Um, it has very angular styling, large detachable palm rest. It offers adjustable red lighting to further enhance its appearance. So it's not RGB, it's red lighting, kind of in, in tune with the ROG branding, obviously. Um, and it goes with their mice, goes with their uh, uh, mouse pad design over there as well. No idea on pricing or availability Too quite much. yet, but it will, it'll be expensive. Yeah. It'll be expensive, but It'll
2: be more expensive than it should be for a it's single angled. for a single color angled backlight for her pleasure.
0: There are a lot of angles. Is this look like a place? The thing on the right up here, like probably for, like putting your phone.
3: phone. Yeah, yeah. All All right. right. Like it's like it kind of look like a, look a, a one-eared, one-eared owl looking at you. No, that's the Strix. Line. I was gonna say that's their Strix brand. That
0: would be
1: it's a slightly <laughs> modified one. <laughs> now this is something with a big mono brow.
0: Yeah,
2: it looks like a fighter jet. It does. Look, Anthony Davis. It looks like it. Does look uh, like, yeah, some yeah, their laptops, like some of their yes. laptops, like some other?
0: Yes, no, no. It, it fits in the ROG design scheme for yeah. sure. Um, but it is, and I and I don't. I think a lot of people will like the way this looks. Um, but I just, I just thought it was ironic, being that the the keyboard we had talked about before. The G A Ten is kind of the exact opposite of what this is aiming for, right? Like visually and design style wise, um, but. We'll we'll uh, we'll figure out more about it in terms of release and all that relatively soon. Horus, H O R U S. It's probably a silent H. Horus, Horus. You think so? Is it Horus like the brand that Gigabyte is using like, for uh, their gaming laptop? It's an Egyptian. Yeah.
3: Uh, it's the Algod. In is Egypt, it really? See
0: again, that should be a Strix keyboard. Then they should use the the Cherry MX Silence.
3: Yeah, it's a stinking Algod. Yeah. All right. <sighs> I told you, you, it looks like an owl with one ear.
0: But does the owl god of Oris only have one ear?
3: Depends on how he's depicted on the tablets. He's missing a lot of bits. We'll put it that way.
0: (laughs) Whatever. Regardless. Uh, So, it's an owl keyboard. There you go. Thanks, Josh. Um, You're welcome. I appreciate it. Uh, Looks like we're... Uh, we're on to the the another case launch here. This is Fantex again. This is not a review. This is a news post. This is the Eclipse Series P400, P400S. Um, Ooh, look at that underglow. It's got some underbody glow there. This is uh, for the LEDs on your car, Alan. You know, match I, don't, it. I don't do that. You don't have underbody no. LED lights? No. Why not?
2: For ground effects? The 90s called. They want your do car you have,
0: back. Do you have ground effects? Do you have a fart can?
2: No. no.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. <laughs> So are truck nuts. This is, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. Rocking the truck <laughs> on, nuts. On the back of his Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you can see the exploded view here of the Eclipse P400S. Um, Looks like it actually exploded. It does, actually, yes. It actually, it actually does. There's a side window uh, available option. Uh, added style from ambient RGB lighting on both models. Available in black, white, gray. Body panels are metal. Doesn't okay. specify which but it is metal. So there's that. I haven't seen many of them that are plastic. Yeah, I guess maybe not recently. Uh, this is a $69 case. Um in black gray. 79 if you want the uh silent version, which is the non-windowed with like the sound dampening material. So on you have
2: it. to pay more for no window. It looks well, like have to pay more No, wait, for wait, wait I'm sorry.
0: The P400 S pricing identical for silent window and silent closed panel. So it's okay. P400 or P400 S. So the silent, Same the price. S is for silent, uh, and they're both. They would they would be seventy nine dollars for the silent model. It's an interesting looking case. Um, I don't know. There's, I don't. We don't have like internal shots. For some reason, I like the green in it. Uh, yeah. Who who made the Razer Edition case recently? Was that NZXT? Yeah. Uh, for some, something about that green glow, if it were muted, if it's not super overkill, you know, in your face, like, like the blue LEDs tend to be yeah. on things. Uh, I, I think I could, I think green I could shouldn't like do it. that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause L- blue LEDs, F all of them. Um, we looked at this at CES, the MSI GT 72 S Toby, T O B I I. You weren't there. This is the oh. MSI thing. Uh, right. This is a laptop that has eye-tracking technology built into it. Oh, all right. Uh, it worked better than I expected. I don't know if it was perfect, right? And, and you know, I only spent 10 minutes with it. Um, but uh, the idea is it's using infrared light to look at your pupils, essentially. Okay. Right? And it knows where you're looking to a very high level of accuracy, Okay. Uh, what was the game I was playing? It was a uh, it was Assassin's Syndicate. Creed Syndicate, and one of the um, gameplay mechanics of that game is that you fire a grappling hook, right? And and if you, as you stand on one side of a street on the top of a building you look at another building, there may be fifteen different places you could fire that grappling hook and attach it and
2: usually you have to turn usually
0: you would you would the way you did it before is you it's a third person game not a first person game oh okay so you you're looking behind the character and you kind of move a little bit and like as you move around different ones kind of get highlighted. right so you have to like pan you move the whole character and you move the the whole screen with the with the eye tracking stuff implementation it actually worked really well the character stays still and i'm looking at the screen and as i'm looking the button prompt changes and moves so very, very quickly, like very fast response to it. Huh. It was really impressive, actually. Um, so is it emulating just like a mouse cursor? Kind it is of not. It has to be implemented into the game. Oh. Right? And that's really the question mark behind this type of technology is, is will they, uh, will this company be able to... Get into enough games and game developers, and try to convince them to implement support for something like this. Because yeah. it's it, it was it was pretty cool. It sounds like, sounds real cool. It was like um, what's that? like? It's like a more advanced version of track IR, right? Yeah. Like you could yep. imagine if you looked down at your if you're playing a racing game and you looked down towards the speedometer or something like that. Right. Changes the depth of, it changes the depth of field. Yeah, that would or, be cool. It it actually did that in that game. It didn't change the depth of field. It changed lighting. Mm. Um, yeah, like exposure, right? So you would go to a oh. section where there was a really dark alley, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. a bright sunlight out here. And, and if, you if you looked at the, the sunlight, bright sunlight, you you could not like your your peripheral. You could not see what <laughs> was in the alley. But if you looked at the uh, alley, you would come into focus, and then everything else would be blown out. Right. That's it was it funny. was a really cool effect. Um, I just. It was one demo, right? It had other cool feature in that game, like uh, if you, you're, if you're playing it, you know, on the screen, and you turned away for like five seconds, it would pause the game, and huh. as soon as you turn your head back and look at it, it unpaused the game. That's cool. It was neat. It was neat. I, I just, I just okay. don't know how many other games are going to implement this. Jeremy, you were going to say
1: something? Uh, well, I mean, if you thought the uh, developer looked weird dancing around with his light sticks, they're also talking about this working inside Windows. They- For scrolling, for selecting windows. So, I mean, if you're just like this at your screen, you're going to look a little weird. And Lord help you if you got pink eye, because they're saying select all and delete are also in there. So next thing you know, you just erased everything. Yeah, that would be not great.
0: (laughs) So here's the video I did at CES. I'm going to try to fast forward here uh, to... So you can see here, like see where the LB button prompt is moving. Yeah. That is me looking at the screen. Huh? Right. That's because you can see the character is not moving. The screen is not moving on it. Um, you're just looking
2: at the different stuff. Yeah.
0: It's, it was really cool. And then here's the part where, uh, I think this is here where you can see it. Right. So I, I'm looking at the dark area and then I will go back and look at the light area and you can see how like the screen darkens and brightens on each side. As, as I'm changing it. And even and it does it really quick. Like if I look back and forth really fast, yeah. it's doing it fairly fast, too. So it was impressive. And I think um, Ken reminded me that they talked about this being uh, – this might come with The Division as well. So I think The Division might – yeah, actually, there it is. Available immediately. Toby will be bundled this this MSI GT72S G Toby will be bundled with Tom Clancy's The Division and supports a variety of gaming titles including Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Arma 3 Elite Dangerous and more. Elite, Elite Dangerous. Dangerous would be a good one okay to try
1: that so out. Yeah, so that's, well, that's a that's much that's more impressive and list. Arma are already right. So uh, Elite and uh, Arma already use Truck IR. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's just.
2: I could see the implementation.
0: Easy, yeah. yeah. Easier, I guess. That's pretty cool. I, I have already asked them for one of these uh, as soon as I got that press release. I was like, that's great. Cool. When are you going to send me one? Um, <laughs> so hopefully that'll be pretty soon. You know, uh, they also, this company, they told me that they also sell a add on device for your monitor. Like, like uh, where your webcam would sit on top of your monitor, mm-hmm. it has the same yep. AR IR lights and cameras in it, so that it would. You, you know, if you don't want to play this on your laptop and support that eye tracking functionality on the division or uh, Elite Dangerous, you can do that with your monitor as well, just with a USB camera IR thing, which is actually uh, pretty cool as well. Uh, all right, our last news bit of the week here. Something you pr- I didn't know I don't know how people are going to respond to this. I'm very curious. EVGA released they announced it at CES, but now they have officially released a GTX 980i VR Edition graphics card, which does and what? And what do you think is different about a
4: GTX 980i VR Edition? Does it have two GPUs? I mean, no, no.
3: That would be Interconnect. Is it in just like the
2: output? Is it just like nope. uh, just labeled different or something? Nope. Like- it just oh. looks different. Here's on what the it is. Here's what we got. It's
0: got a front bay panel. It's got a front bay panel, right? See this? It's got an HDMI port and two USB 3.0 ports. All uh, right. And you know what that HDMI port connects to? It connects to.
2: The like TV? Uh, the VR headset thing?
0: Uh, well, yes, that's its goal. But internally, yeah. it connects to. Oh, come on, Jacob. Where's your thing in a video here? <laughs> well, it's got the fun. video card has an HDMI port there it is. on the back inside the case oh so you just comes with a cable that you attach from the back of the video card oh oh that's not good no no that's not good uh that's that big one right there plug it into the color the one that's lit up the green thing yeah um thought we already talked about power plug recognition yeah that's not that's not great we don't want that to die come on you do that
1: is you can continue, a spark?
0: Uh Yeah, I was just trying to make sure things weren't on fire. Um, so there it is right there. You can see the HDMI port on the back of the video card, right? And it allows you to run the cable internally. It's cleaner, right? And the idea of having a front panel HDMI connector for VR is actually a really good idea.
4: Mm-hmm. Sure. You're right? not losing an extra
0: 10 you, inches of cable. Right. You gain length of the cable, yeah. which yeah. allows you to stand up or move away from the PC or whatever. It means H- if you it unplug um- it from the, from the machine... It's uh, like take it to a friend's house or just put it away. You don't have to like reach around the back
2: or whatever. How do the USBs puck up to the front
0: panel connector?
2: Yeah. Okay. So potentially you might need a motherboard with like a pair of those now. Because yes. You're, sucking, or you're sucking up
4: one of those. Or a USB 3.0 expansion card because a lot of those have front panel connectors.
2: Okay.
1: Oh, do they now? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. They didn't used to. Yeah, And
1: therein okay. lies the problem.
2: What's that? What?
1: Well, last time I checked, Oculus wanted three USB 3s and a USB 2.
0: Right. So, in theory, what you would have is two USB 3.0 connectors on your case front panel. Yeah. And then two from this uh, front panel, this five and a quarter inch bay header. Also, another problem is a lot of cases now, a lot of cases that I like, Mm -hmm. don't have five and a quarter inch bays. Mm, that too. Right? So if you, ha- if you have a case or you want to buy a case that doesn't have a five and a quarter inch bay, that part of it, the whole yeah. card is useless at Wait, that point. Did, so did that- you
3: ever get an answer about uh, the audio input for that? Um, that? Not
0: officially, but... My guess
1: is the USB 2.0. Yeah.
0: It's USB 2.0. Or it is USB. Like, I'm 99.99% I'm yeah. sure. I
4: think that's the USB 2.0 plug. And I think the third USB 3.0 is the camera. I expect so, it's the
1: what call it that sits on your desk. So it's
4: not gonna you run that behind. it. Yes, it's, yeah. it's you only need two for the tether, I
2: think. Is that really a five-and-a-quarter panel and not a three-and-a-half-inch thing with a five-and-a-quarter? Yeah,
4: it should really be both. Yeah, yeah but a if a case and a quarter. doesn't
0: have a five-and-a-quarter-inch bay, it's and a not going to have a three-and-a-half-inch bay.
4: Just saying. Right. Yeah, but if my case has both, I'd want to use the one that's the appropriate yes, size. Yes, yes. I mean, if you look at this picture, it is... Well, get out the hacksaw.
0: It's the three-and-a-half with, okay. like, an adapter. With an adapter. No, I don't think right.
4: it is. I don't think you can remove that. Well, that, that I think looks it's, like, one it unit wouldn't that have you that can't seam around. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. You know, but if you get yeah, a there's hack, a little so. thing
1: that says "cut here." Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. is
2: removable. It's probably removable.
4: Let's I would hope,
0: see. but they don't
4: mention it.
2: See, look at that.
0: Yeah, that, that I would
2: say that looks like it's removable. If
4: not, it can be.
0: <laughs> Jacob,
2: get, went, get no, that went, in Your video. They went out of their way. Jacob's to have wearing a, his
0: Moto 360 in that uh, video. There, no,
2: Jacob. Good job. What a cool guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know. um, I, I, yeah, was, uh, where's the picture of it there?
1: Yeah, no. When I first saw this PR, like I was cool. like, "What in the hell are you talking about?"
0: Yeah, right, so I look at it, and
1: I'm, you know, not bad. And they also did a decent job on the pricing. You're only looking at uh, seven hundred dollars, so an extra, you know, eighty if you found one on sale. But I think my is still around six fifty.
2: Okay, so, so it's only so an there extra is, fifty there is, a, there is a premium for and it. And what, what ports do you get out of the back? Out of, of the, this, of this card. You mean the primary connectors? Yeah. You yeah,
4: get two display port and one HDMI. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't lose anything.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. They're also, they're releasing it in both the uh, ACX 2.0 cooler design, like the EVGA custom cooler design, as well as the standard reference design. So the standard reference design will now have an HDMI port yeah. out the At back as the well. the same
1: recommended sailing, selling price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we know which cooler. one you should go for.
4: The markup is... a <laughs> Bit bad.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, engineering that back plug. Oh, belt, I understand. Can't be free. But like, yeah.
4: is it is it really worth seventy dollars of convenience?
0: Well, let's see once they actually come out for sale because the MSRP difference is what fifty.
4: I thought they were yeah. on sale today. I think this is the. Like, I mean, four long. You can get thing. a you can
2: get a HDMI uh, extension like three foot extension thing for probably like. Yeah, 10 but bucks.
4: I don't know if that will be good. Like, I don't know if you'll want to do
1: that. You have to like gap tape it to the top of your case. Yeah, you want to introduce just the tiniest <laughs> bit of latency yeah. into that uh, VR headset. Yeah. I'm not worry about latency, but no, you
4: you speed it. of light latency you, over three feet
1: is pretty good. You
4: yeah, buy a probably. decent quality HDMI <laughs> extension cable. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I I think it's like I mean, so. Th- this is where we're at. Like so, we're doing our. We're, we're still. I'm still trying to prepare these these VR build guides, right? And it's like, okay, for the high end system, I'm probably going to use a 980Ti. Would I recommend this 980Ti? Just because of that convenience feature?
2: You'd have to make sure that the motherboard had. Two, two onboard USB, like three the headers. Z170 Deluxe that we're, we have over there, has two yeah, headers. That Gigabyte right? board with the triple M. Yeah, I think I think
0: a that. lot of the higher end boards now have, yeah. have two USB. So headers. Yeah, but it's just it's something, you have, yeah, something yeah. you have to consider. Yeah, yeah, To consider, you got to consider the case. Does yeah. it have a five and a quarter inch bay, or or maybe a three and, or and a half? Maybe a three and a half if that's separated. Yeah. Uh, I'll have, Jacob, if you're listening, uh, reply. Let me know. Can we just. Mm. Take that
4: apart if if uh, we need to on that. The ACX 2.0 VR edition is seven hundred dollars on Newegg right now, so it's not. It's like thirty bucks more expensive, I think. Yeah, or
2: twenty. I mean,
0: you not, said yeah. Okay, all right. It's not bad. So that's that's not. It's not bad.
2: There aren't. Don't they non this version have like triple DisplayPort out the back now? No, no, no. no. Don't think they always.
0: So. Uh, that's AMD does all DisplayPort. Nvidia is two DisplayPort. No, I think you're right. they do, do like a DVI triple... and three DP and one HDMI. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought you
4: could do. Yeah.
0: So they, they had to take away one of the DP to okay. do the HDMI out the so other side. So there's something
4: side, worth knowing, goes. right, yeah. that there is
2: a difference in the Oh, knowing.
4: I'm sorry. The version without this is 620 right now. So it's like a
2: $70. Yeah, $70, 80, $80 or, difference. Okay. Yeah, so
4: it's, it's, it's actually special. 599 after rebate right now. but oh. Right, right. Yeah. So if you don't we'll want to do that, sells.
1: you can invest in the PC per Patreon and if you're a $20 <laughs> investor, we will send you a PC per branded VR HDMI extender. No, I won't. No. All right. <laughs> fine. No. Uh,
0: I don't know what happened. Something happened to your audio there for a second. Jeremy, it was like all hollow sounding. Are you still there? Jeremy?
1: Apparently the screw let go, so it was pointing <laughs> at a place you don't want to hear from. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, okay. Now that sounds a lot better. <clears throat> All right. Let's get into... Oh, wait. Before we get into our hardware stuff for our picks of the week, uh-huh. uh, a quick preview for people who don't watch the after show. Um, we talked about the PC per VLAN on March 5th. That's a Saturday. Yes. The very next day on March 6th, Sunday, March 6th, we're going to host a 12-hour live stream. Here from the PC Perspective offices and other various locations. Uh, we're going to do a 12-hour live stream as a I don't know why type of thing. You know, we'll promote the Patreon, of course. We'll promote uh, all the stories we're doing and the, and the types of content, the VR build guides, whatever. But the idea is we're going to um, you know start it at like noon and go to midnight Eastern time and we'll be here Uh, Alan and Ken will be here obviously we're going to bring Sebastian down Uh, Josh and Jeremy and everybody else will be at their respective offices, we bring everybody in every once in a while for some segments, we do Q&As Alan's going to teach people how to solder, we're going to make Sebastian build a tabletop PC uh, on the secondary set, we'll do some gaming we'll do some racing streams with Josh where I beat him at Dirt Rally and he gets very sad about it Um, By driving backwards? No, I no like legitimately. I he's know. been practicing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, will uh, The goal is to get some guests in, right? To so either have them come out to the studio or have them call in on Skype. Let's say, hey, uh, you know, does, does, does Tap want to come out and talk to us about some stuff? Do we want to get uh, some people from AMD, some people from Intel, some uh, other media people out there um, uh, to, to come and talk and just talk about random stuff? For a twelve-hour period, not any one person, I guess I should say, welding with the power supply, welding with the that power supply. Dangerous. I
4: don't think I want to do that inside. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that indoors. I don't think I want to do I that indoors. I don't think I have HUMIK was long enough to do that outside. Right,
2: stream went down because of the EMP that we caused. <laughs> we uh,
4: we found an
3: installer. Did you know how dangerous that is to actually open up a power supply and touch the wrong thing. We wouldn't open it to weld. If with it's it. if it's,
2: <clears throat> we just weld with a well, twelve volt. We're doing it rel. right then. No, you just weld with the 12 volt rail, man.
1: Oh, just,
3: you know.
4: Josh
1: and Jeremy's safety segment <laughs> <We> kids: <laughs> do not lick this.
0: We found uh, uh, an installer for uh, the Risk tabletop PC game, <laughs> like the like the touch based thing. Then we play <clears throat> a game of Risk. Get Lenovo to send us one of those tabletop.
1: Uh, what do they call them now?
4: Uh, the Yogas. The Yogas. It'll be us or us and Sebastian.
1: Right. Yeah. No, get one of the Microsoft Surface Touches, like those big 60-inch suckers. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure. I'll oh, just come on. Get it. Yeah. That's
0: cheap. So we're going to do some stuff like that, uh, and we'll have prizes to give away throughout. We'll have uh, competitions and things, and we'll have ways for you guys to come in and join us. We'll play some Unreal Tournament. We'll do whatever, you know. So plan on that weekend being a busy weekend for us and for you guys if you want to participate in both the VLAN as well as... Uh, I don't think. I guess we don't want to go with the name quite yet. Yeah, no. we'll, we'll, st- we'll We have a, We have a working name. We have a working title. We don't know if we're going to be fixated on that. So,
4: just uh, just tune in and see who cracks first, because that's what it's, it's going to be. That's going to be yeah. one of us. I mean, you know, you're
0: going to see how many pizzas will show up having been <laughs> ordered throughout the day. Uh, Jimmy John's. What time do they show up? Things like that. We could take. We can order pizza from two places and bet on who gets here
2: first. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> T- tell them both. Whoever shows up first gets twenty dollar tip.
2: <laughs> right yeah i think that's a good idea Just, i can see the whiteboard with the pool going on and everything <laughs> like the, the guy knocks you know and we're like all of us they show like, up
0: at the same time
2: yeah. right and they we do have Betty one and, that's
1: significantly closer yeah, than yeah, others so that's that, that might true. not We've be fair attached rfid tags to these two <laughs> yeah. pizza yeah. cards <laughs> find out which route they take all
0: right. Uh, so
1: plan on that. We'll we'll have
0: more details in the in the coming weeks as we get some of all that stuff finalized. Now let's get onto the picks of the week. Uh, I'm taking the easy way out here, and I am going to. Uh, well, well, now it's shipping in one to two months. Earlier today, it was not the case. the The Logitech G810 Orion Spectrum keyboard uh, for 159 on Amazon. Uh, I think it's actually in stock on Newegg for the exact same price. Uh, and, and like I said, for that limited time, you do get Tom Clancy's The Division. It says now through March 31st when you buy the Logitech G810 RGB mechanical keyboard. I like this a lot. Um, the typing and feel is very similar to the G910. Um, the G910 is a little bit quieter because of the, the plastic used on the keycaps, um, but if you're looking for something a little bit more reserved, a little bit more subtle than <laughs> the G910, then the G810 is, uh, is a fantastic way to go there. So uh, according on Amazon, it at least sold through whatever their initial shipment was because it was, it was in stock earlier today, I guess. So keep that in mind. Uh,
3: what do we got? Who's next? Jeremy? There's no easy way out. No, there never is. is. There's no shortcut home. Sing it with me. I I won't.
1: Thanks. You're not in tune. There ain't no easy way out. All right. So I spend too much time listening to grown adults make excuses as to why their cell phone that they've owned for three and a half hours now has cracks on it. <laughs> yeah, and how I should approve them buying a new one at full price. So the OtterBox Defender. Uh, they hate it. Well, it's not, this is an S6, you know, it's not tiny and thin anymore. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to, but I could drop it on concrete and it isn't going to give a shit. Yeah. So please, I mean, it's not waterproof, but it's water resistant at this point. So the people who drop them in pools have that split second to get them out again or to stare at it and go, (laughs) oh, in which case I'm like, and yeah, oh, I've got. BlackBerry Q10 I'm not using anymore and that's yours (laughs) for the next two
2: years.
1: (laughs) And nothing so sexy to a techie like a big-ass belt clip. Come on. Go for the defender. (laughs) Now I'm sad. <laughs> uh, That's impressive.
0: Yeah, can you rotate it so it's in portrait mode and or no. uh, landscape mode?
1: No, the old BlackBerry ones could. This, yeah, those were won't. great. I remember that. Partly I, will, but it just won't work after. I
0: remember. That. I remember just sitting there like twisting it because it makes the clicking sound on your belt.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so there's that.
1: <laughs> but, and if you're like me and you're taking pictures of networking equipment in the most ridiculously inconvenient places ever, and you drop it on something live it is also slightly electrically resistant. So Fair also enough. a good thing. Fair enough. Josh, what do you got Josh.
3: I to think that 15 years ago, that guy was making cases in his garage. I don't think yep. he realize how much Otterbox is actually worth right now. Yeah. I'm just proud that he's done it. For so I'm just, long.
0: the only disappointment I have in that brand is that they sell it on cases that are really crappy cases now. Yeah. Like that, like the defender's you, decent, he, the rest of them sure. But it used to just say style. used to be able to just say, "Oh, get an OtterBox," right? Like yeah. to your to ne- some your nephew or like, whatever. Now there's like, like but OtterBox, now you want bumper. the Metro, right? I
4: I had like the fourth gen iPod OtterBox waterproof case, and it was awesome. Yeah. It
0: was awful, but it was
4: awesome. Right? right? It was like, like, awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know my secret is uh for, for when i want to use my phone and it's in a very obviously dangerous water spot like this won't help if you drop it on this concrete bag uh breast milk bag breast milk bag is, ah, those is, are the right size it is the perfect size those for, are the right now, now it wouldn't size. fit your phone nope but it for my phone yeah fits perfectly it's the perfect size. so if i'm for like, going to the hot tub I take I take a breast milk so bag funny. out of the out of the, out of the uh, pantry and I you put. Got to make sure there. the lines are on the back. Right. Yep. Like, yep. yeah. Exactly. Okay. So the writing stuff okay. is on the other yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I did that with uh, the baby monitor as well. <laughs> the baby monitor fits in one of those bags perfectly. I I do worry about like
2: overheating over you know some longer. How period are you of time. sealing the bag? Like how it's, are you- it's a double Ziploc. Oh. Oh, you have the fancy, the fancy breast milk bag. Well, you don't want that, that stuff to
4: spill. Oh, that's valuable. <laughs> yeah. a- Alan just puts it in his uh, vacuum sealer and seals up. I do,
2: I do. I have. <laughs> and then you, you got to cut it I'm open. Like one yeah. of those <laughs> chamber
4: vacuum sealers for the sous vide
0: stuff.
3: Yeah, I totally do that, <laughs> oh,
0: man. Anyway, sorry, Josh. Go ahead
3: quite a right mm, you know if you got ninety nine cents and a Kindle here's a fun little book for you to read it's it's three hundred and some odd pages but again ninety nine cents if you like a little uh you know rogue a i apocalyptic type stuff hmm. it's it's a it's a fun fun little read and uh yeah for people who who still like me i
1: like, hey kindle, i kindle used to do book reviews or recommendations eh
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, why not? Pretty cool. Control-Alt-Revolt.
2: That's a good title.
3: Yep. It is a good title. Is a robot so it's kind it? of, uh, not exactly Terminator, but sort of Terminator and, you know, Ready Player mm. One. Oh. And Deus, or no, X Machina-ish. Ready Player One's good yep. stuff.
2: sorry all right. Cool. Uh, and last, Alan. All right, so if you use Dropbox, which we all do, mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to be able to have directories that are not in your Dropbox folder syncing over Dropbox across multiple machines right there is so a way to essentially
0: do this. you have a Dropbox folder but you don't want to move everything into that folder
2: yeah or you have like a game like a save game folder for a game that it which can't is not moved. which is not necessarily going to be in your Dropbox directory structure right Right. Uh, might be in some random folder on your on your drive well You could do this manually with, like, symbolic links, and then you move the folder into your Dropbox structure, and you have to point to it from the other place on your system. But then it's kind of a pain because you have to remember on your other systems to do that same thing, right? So there's a tool that makes the links for you. It's called Dropboxifier. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it will do the task of... It's a
0: fantastic name, by the way.
2: Yeah. It's like it just Dropboxifies a folder, basically.
0: Um, I was being sarcastic. Well, but
2: it works. It works. (laughs) So, basically, you name the thing that you're going to be relocating. You point it at the directory. You also point it at the directory where, like, it's going to be the root for all of these things that you're, you know, relocating to Dropbox, right? Um, but the cool thing is that it's a standalone app. doesn't need to be installed. And so you can stick it the app in that folder where you're going to have all those, you know, in that root of where you're going to have all your stuff stored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes, like, an XML that gets saved right alongside it, like, as you're adding these things to it. So the idea is, you know, say you start on one system. You go and you add, figure out, save games for various things or whatever folders you want Dropboxified, like linked into Dropbox. Uh, And then, like, once you exit that tool, it updates the XML file, which is in your Dropbox. So now you go to your other machine. You just rerun the tool from that same folder on the other machine, right? Mm -hmm. And it shows up with all of the entries that you've already done on the first machine with, like, exclamation points next to them. Basically, like, oh, hey, they're not... They're not done on this machine, and then you can do the same things on that machine. How does it know that you're on a different machine? Is it based on PC it's name? It's like PC name. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you can see, like in the picture there, like towards I see the middle. that Dave PC versus RHGWK. Yeah. 001. So, okay. And so, like it kind of maintains, you know, what stuff has been reconfigured on which PCs, right? Um, so that it just takes a lot of that, you know, tediousness out of trying to do that because that's the thing that's the reason that people wouldn't want to do it not only that but who wants to go to the command line and try to figure out the you know symbolic link yep. manual method right yep. um this just doesn't um and it's pretty easy to use it's free hasn't been updated in for forever but it, i don't think it needs to have been because it's just it's just making a symbolic link and an xml yeah <laughs> so, unless windows changes the way it does something at some point yeah. yeah but it's good on windows 10 so far so um cool yeah
0: all right uh Drop box of fire. Yeah. There you go. Uh, real quick shout out to Anthony who uh, just did a uh, Patreon contribution of three dollars and twenty one cents. Three two one. Blast you, off. You can actually make Tweet. it for any you can make it for any amount you want. Remember I think it was two weeks ago we had you get a six, six
1: inch HDMI cable. We had a
0: six dollar and sixty six cent a month uh, <laughs> Patreon contributor as well. And <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever. Eight, I did, eighty dollars and eight cents. Yeah, there you go. Eighty dollars <laughs> and eight cents.
2: Or 88. Worth yeah, don't be a cheapskate. 404, go 404, donation not 80, 80. found. <laughs> uh,
0: so thank you guys for joining us on this week's podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, we have, if you go to pcbird.com slash podcast, you can find the MP3 file downloads. You can find the RSS feeds for the audio version, the RSS feed for the video version, which is relatively new if you want to do that, as well as links to um, uh, the YouTube embeds as well. Uh, There, We do record the show, like I said, Wednesday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. And you can subscribe to the mailing list there on the right-hand side underneath our schedule on the site. Uh, And if you are so inclined, if you just loved this particular episode of the podcast, you want to go to patreon.com slash pcper and become a supporter of uh, not just the podcast but the entire website and uh, review structure that we do. Uh, Read that text there about why we're doing that and and why we think you should uh, help contribute uh, to PC pur that would be awesome and we greatly appreciate everybody uh, who has done that so far
2: um i'm Bi- looking biohazard on, in the chat says you should donate on patreon 999
0: 999 that's a pretty good one 999 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah how about 420
3: $4.20? You can do down. That. You can do go, that, too, but $9.99 is
0: higher than $4.20. Yes. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, so thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. I'm Ryan Schropp. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath, <laughs> And I'm Alan Valventano.
2: <laughs> Bye. Poor Josh.
0: If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.